Welcome back. What up, what up, what up, AWOD Army? I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Radio Row here in Charlotte, North Carolina, for the 2023 ACC tip-off. And this is going to be an action-packed next 60 minutes here on The Fan. Uh, You already heard my interview with Virginia Tech ladies head coach Kenny Brooks. Now the superstar herself, Elizabeth Kitley, uh, the center, returns for another year. She'll join me at 115. Georgia Amor, the point guard from Australia, will hop on the show at 130. And then at 145, the Lady Hokie, who set the program record for nine three-pointers made in one game, Kayla King, will hop on the show. But right now, I wanted to check in with Stubb from the production studio. Stubb, how are you doing today? What's the weather like in Richmond? Doing pretty good. It, it was uh, cold this morning. It's been the coldest morning so far. <laughs> I'll tell you, it, it's pretty nice weather here in Charlotte. I got up early, went for a little bit of a walk, and then uh, in between interviews here, I stopped by where they're serving lunch, and Stubb, you'd be jealous. They had three types of tacos. They had chicken, they had steak, and then... I'm not sure if it was a ham or a turkey, um, but they've got all the fixings, like rice, pico de gallo, guacamole, corn. I mean, it's just like the most unbelievable lunch spread ever. I, I'm going to be doing a couple segments with my mouth full, that's for sure. What, it was a turkey taco? <laughs> yeah. I Well, I don't know if you were supposed to just eat the turkey with rice, maybe. Um, you can do whatever you want. And there were two different types of tacos. There was a corn taco and a flour taco. I'll, I'll tell you this, the ACC Network treats us well and we love that and uh, we're going to have a interview with one of the analysts from the ACC network coming up at 2.30 but right now the phone lines are open 833-804-0910 every day on this show at 1pm we open up the phone lines for you skinny skin skins fans out there in Richmond it's time for the Richmond Commander it's time for the Richmond Commander are you ready for some- the phones are open it's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. The question of the day on the Richmond Commander, 833-804-0910. Call AWOD, 833-804-0910. Or tweet us at 910thefan, at AWOD Radio. How long until Ron Rivera is fired? 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. How much longer is Ron Rivera going to last here in Washington? A report came out today. Came out today uh, that rumor has it multiple league sources named Commanders coach Ron Rivera as the head coach most likely to be fired during the season. The quote from Matt Lombardo, NFL, is Magic Johnson keeps calling the staff and the team out. Makes you think Rivera's on the hot seat, and it seems like Eric Bieniemy is already running the show there. Anyway, if Bieniemy does well, I'm guessing he'd get that job. And Junkies posed this question yesterday on their show. Again, if you want to chime in, 833-804-0910. And they all had the, the conclusion that is, well, if Ron Rivera's fired, you'd have to have Jack Del Rio be the head coach because Eric Bieniemy has done nothing, they would say, to be the head coach. And Although I agree the offense has struggled at times, uh, they had a few good games to start the season. The last few weeks has not been good. Really, the sack issue has become uh, a major issue, and it's leading to a lot of drama inside of that locker room. But what I would say is 
that Coach Eric Bieniemy, anytime he speaks to the press conferences or to the media at these press conferences, anytime he speaks out loud about this team, he sounds like a guy that could be a head coach. He sounds like a guy that these guys want to play for. And after Jonathan Allen was dropping all those F-bombs after the loss, it kind of seems like to me that Ron Rivera has lost the locker room. So 833-804-0910, how long until Ron Rivera is fired? Let's go to the phone lines here. They're always open on AWOD Radio, 833-804-0910. We've got Raiders fan in Richmond. You're on the fan with AWOD. Hey, what's happening, AWOD? What's up, buddy? So you want to go by Raiders fan hey, on this show? <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's my team, man. Um, Unfortunately, you know, we, we kind of in the same boat with y'all, but uh, I don't know why y'all thought y'all was going to get that uh, Snyder stench off of y'all in the first year, man. It's going to take a while. I know. No matter how much Ron Rivera wipes, no matter how many showers he takes, he still has that stench of Dan Snyder on him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hey, man, if uh, Ron Rivera gets fired before Josh McDaniels, man, I'd buy your lunch, man. We need to get rid of Josh McDaniels. That's what we need to do out there. All right, all right, so let's do a bet. So you're saying that Rivera gets fired before Josh McDaniels, or you think McDaniels gets fired first? McDaniels. All right. If Rivera outlasts McDaniels, if if Rivera gets fired first, uh, lunch is on me. So I uh, appreciate the call, man. Thanks so much for chiming in. 833-804-0910. Question of the day is how long until Ron Rivera gets fired, right? There's multiple coaches who are going to be on the hot seat over the next few weeks, if not already on the hot seat. McDaniels is one of them there in Vegas. I think Eberflus is still on the hot seat Um in Chicago. I would even go as far as to say Frank Reich is on the hot seat in Carolina. If they keep losing, it was his choice to draft Bryce Young. So my answer to the question, how long until Ron Rivera is fired? It is October 24th, Stub. October 24th. I believe Ron Rivera does not make it to Thanksgiving. What is Thanksgiving this year? What is it, like Thursday, November 23rd? They always change Thanksgiving on us, Stub. Well, I mean, it's, it this year? it's always Thursday. I think you're okay. right about the 23rd. Yeah, so I don't think Ron Rivera makes it to Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, Ron, just like Dan Snyder said when he hired you. I don't think he makes it to that Dallas game on Thanksgiving. So you know what, Ron? You can enjoy a nice meal with your family as your job in Washington is done. I mean, Sunday was, I think, one of the worst performances we've seen out of the Commanders in the Ron Rivera era. And it's led to big conversations around D.C. sports talk and the biggest conversation is who's to blame for the commander's sack woes. And although I've already said I think there's partial to blame on Sam Howell. He's not rid of getting rid of the ball in time. Partially to blame Eric Bieniemy, right? He's putting too much pressure on his young quarterback uh, by not putting enough guys in the backfield to help out against the blitz or enough hot route options. Too many seven to nine step dropbacks. But Landfill, we always love Jim Mullins. Landfill, the producer of B. Mitch and Finley in Washington, D.C., believes that Ron Rivera is to blame for the commander's sack woes because he dismantled the old offensive line. He went on to say the Giants' line has been pretty injured, and they had a bunch of guys that they signed off the practice squad this week to play. The commanders could have done that, but instead they're playing the same guys they've had all year who aren't getting it done. There are better guys available on practice squads who will happily join your team, and they've chosen not to. They can't pass block. They can't run the ball either. 
And he makes some great points there because I re remember the offensive line was a strength in Washington, obviously with the Hogs, but again, five or six years ago when you had Trent Williams, Morgan Moses, Brandon Scherf, right? They didn't replace any of those guys. Left tackle, we lost one of the best left tackles in the history of the NFL in Trent Williams. I really believe that the reason that the 49ers have come on strong over the last few years, it's not the play of the quarterback. It was Jimmy Garoppolo, and then it was Brock Purdy. It's not that. No, it's the fact that they've got a great offensive line and a leader in the left tackle, Trent Williams. Then you look at Baltimore. They've had success with Morgan Moses. We just we just got rid of him. We just said, yeah, you, you have too many false starts and holding penalties. Uh, we're going to start a guy who can't do any of that. Right? Can't block anyone. And then Brandon Scherf. And that might be the most frustrating of all these moves because Scherf moves on to Jacksonville and they replace him with a guy that came from Jacksonville. Obviously, Jacksonville didn't want Norwood anymore. They let him go. And then Washington has him for a one year. He stinks it up and we let him go. So instead of paying Brandon Scherf and he could have still been serviceable as a guard, we've been, you know, putting new guys in and out of that position. And then. He makes some great points. You know why also Ron Rivera is to blame more than EB, Coach EB, and Sam Howe? Because Ron Rivera's draft picks have failed us. Failed us. The third round, you get Ricky Stromberg. The fourth round, you get Braden Daniels. Neither of the guys are ready to play. Stromberg might end up starting this week against the Eagles. That's going to be a disaster. So who do you blame for the offensive line issues? Sam Howe, Eric Bieniemy, or the head honcho, the head coach, the lead commander himself, Ron Rivera, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. You're listening to AWOD Radio, broadcasting live from the 2023 ACC tip-off, thanks to Cowan Gates. Cowan Gates, huge supporters of Virginia Tech Athletics, and, of course, they sponsor the Cowan Gates Hokies Update with Bill Roth that you can hear every Wednesday at 1.30. Get in touch with them today as they do personal injury law, family law, divorce, business, and corporate law at CowanGates.com. The phone number to their office in Richmond is 804-320-9100. You're listening to AWOD on the fan. I'll be right back. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM, broadcasting live from Radio Row here for the 2023 ACC tip-off. 910 The Fan has a great partnership with Virginia Tech Athletics. We air all of the football games on our station, and thanks to Cowan Gates Law Firm, huge supporters of the Virginia Tech Hokies, I'm here at Radio Row in Charlotte, North Carolina, joined by Elizabeth Kitley. What's going on, Liz? None. I'm having fun talking to a lot of people. It's cool. Absolutely. Do you mind? I, I want to do a wardrobe change before we get this interview really rolling. Okay. okay. Are you okay for this? Are I you want putting you... Taylor Swift on? Oh, no. Oh, I, I, that would have been great. <laughs> all right. Give me a live reaction to this, all right? Okay. Okay. I'm so excited and confused. Oh, that's great. Okay. Georgia Amor merch. Yes. I have my own as well. It's perfect. Don't you love it? It's I so love it soft. so much. It's soft. She looks great, and it's like a huge graphic tee. Oh, my God. You guys need to go get one. Southwest Virginia shop. Yeah, I'll plug it for her. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's so great. So how great is it to be back with your point guard once again this season? Yeah, no, it's super fun. I think, you know, making the decision of whether or not to come back last year uh, was a difficult one, but she definitely uh, made an impact and was part of the reason why I came back. Um, she's just a great person to play with uh, on and off the floor, so I'm excited to have another year of that. 
So last year, so much success. You get to the Final Four. You're dealing with all the media exposure, doing interviews left and right. So walk me through your decision to come back and what ultimately led you to making the choice to return to Blacksburg. Mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, at the start of the year, it was kind of 50-50 for me. But just as the season kept progressing, I was leaning more, uh, more and more towards coming back. Um, and I finally was able to make that decision uh, in our postseason of last year. Um, but really what it came down to was just having uh, another opportunity to be coached by Coach Brooks for a year and to play with my best friends. Um, I really couldn't turn that down. I knew not only would it benefit me uh, as far as basketball goes, uh, being able to expand my game and just get better for another year, um, but also off the court, uh, all the people I'm surrounded by make me a better person. And I think staying here for another year, getting my master's degree will set me up for success in life. I had Coach Kenny Brooks on the show earlier and uh, I was kind of joking. I feel like you look taller this year. <laughs> is, is, have you grown at all? Okay, you know what? I think people say that all the time. I think they just get used to other people, and then I just <laughs> shock them because I get that all the time. And, no, I'm not still growing, but whatever makes you feel better, whatever makes people <laughs> happy and satisfied, I'll go with it. So I I'm doing my research prepping for this interview here, and did you know that your career achievements is two pages long mm -hmm. of notes? Like, how incredible is that? <laughs> That's funny, yeah. Uh, I've never listed it out, so I guess it's nice that I have people <laughs> like you to do it for me. I mean, how does that make you feel, though? Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I really don't uh, think about it too much. I think, you know, the most uh, proud I am of any accomplishment is the team achievements that we've had, an ACC championship and a Final Four appearance. Um, those things are remarkable, and that's what I take the most pride in. Elizabeth Kitley joining me here live from Radio Row. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio preseason watch list fourth consecutive year you're on the list you're a known baller everyone around the league and around the country knows this and now there's going to be scouting reports I mean how do you handle going into this season knowing everyone's going to try their very best to slow you down yeah I mean I think it's been like that the last three years I'd say um so it's it's really the new normal at this point it's not anything that uh, me or coach Brooks aren't ready for uh, he does a great job of preparing me uh, for all the different ways that people might play me and uh, it might take a little bit more attention and practice, but he, he puts that time into me, and I really appreciate it. This off season, what did you want to work on? Because last year when we talked here, I think you told me you were focusing on rebounding, right? Mm -hmm. your, your dad kept telling you how much you wanted to work on rebounding. So what did you want to work on this off offseason? Um, I think this off season, Coach Brooks and I are really trying to expand my game, um, whether that be shooting the three or you know making traditional post moves outside of a 10-foot radius. Um, I think both those things will make me harder to guard and will be really valuable. After the success of last season, getting to the Final Four, now you're around campus again. I mean, how often do you get stopped to take a photo with some of the fans? Yeah. I mean, my master's is all online, so I don't really walk around campus too much, but around Blacksburg in general, basically yeah. Blacksburg is Virginia Tech campus, like the grocery store, everything <laughs> is the same circle of people. Um, so, so definitely when we go to Kroger, we get stopped a few times, <laughs> no, for sure, but it's, it's cool. We, we don't mind at all. Tell me a little bit about your relationship with George Amor and, and how it's grown. It seems like you guys are always hanging out and having fun together. Yeah, um, I mean, I think, you know, obviously our, our relationship started by bonding over COVID experiences and her getting to live with me for a few months. And this summer we were able to uh, switch roles and I went to Australia and got to hang with her family a lot. Um, and that, that's just all contributed to how close we've gotten. Obviously, we've also been roommates for, gosh, this is the, the fourth year. So there's not a lot that we don't see of each other. We see all sides, angry, hangry. <laughs> 
uh, tired, like everything. We see everything. Um, but that just makes us closer, and I think that helps with our relationship on and off the floor. Yeah, have you seen a difference with that chemistry on the court now? Yeah, I mean, also, I mean, besides just being with each other 24-7, Coach Brooks uh, has had multiple workouts with us where it's uh, me and Georgia doing the same thing or um, working on, you know, two-man game, and I think that does really, really help uh, because we really know what each other wants out of a possession, out of a play, out of a pass, um, and, and that helps in games for sure. Last year, ACC Conference champions, one seed in the NCAA tournament. This year, a ton of tough out-of-conference games. How much are you looking forward to Iowa and LSU? Yeah, no, those are going to be so much fun. Um, obviously, it's just a big opportunity to evaluate where we're at at the time. Uh, November is, is early in the season, and we're not going to reach our final form until you know February or March. But um, they're going to be in the same boat. They're going to be they they will have had as many practices as we've had. So. Um, I mean, to go up against such great competition early will be will be a nice benchmark for us. Joined by Elizabeth Kitley, the only Virginia Tech athlete to be named first team All-ACC three times, All-Defense two times, and earned AP All-American recognition. I mean, when you hear these things about you and now you're back for more, how hungry are you still? Yeah, um, I, I mean, definitely. I, I don't think – I don't – view those things as a checked box at all it's it's obviously still everything is a work in progress for me um, I'm always trying to figure out what I can do better or how I can be better for my team um, and whether or not those accolades come uh, it, it can be a nice pat on the back sometimes but obviously the, the team's success is at the forefront of my mind. How great is it to see women's basketball getting so much recognition and so much viewership right now? Yeah no that's amazing that's probably uh, what I took away most out of last season was the, the increase in respect for our sport, um, which is just incredible. And I'm so happy to be involved at this time because it's such a monumental time uh, just for media coverage of women's basketball. Um, and, and Caitlin Clark obviously has a lot to do with that. So I think the opportunity that we have to play against her on November 9th is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and it's going to put us on the same stage, and we'll get a lot of eyes on us as well, so we need to take advantage of that. So you mentioned you're doing your master's program mm -hmm. online. How much has that helped you just live in the gym? <laughs> yeah, um, it definitely makes my schedule more flexible. Um, also, it just helps. We travel so much. Like today is a Tuesday. You know, most people are missing class, but luckily I'm able to, you know, make things work and work around my own schedule. Um, yeah, it, it's definitely a huge benefit. I really like it. What's your biggest takeaway here from Radio Row? I mean, you've been here three or four times now. Yeah, I mean, it's fun. I think, you know, spreading news about our team uh, can be beneficial, and I'm just happy to do that and provide people with a little bit of behind-the-scenes information. So we know you like to dominate on the block. I, I like to compare you to Tim Duncan <laughs> with your fundamentals. So nice. good. Uh, but how much will you step out behind the arc this season? Yeah, um, I think that's just a huge goal of Coach Brooks and I. Um, it's really not a matter of skill level. It's a matter of confidence, and at some point I just got to get out there and do it. And, um, yeah, it, it'll benefit me for sure. It'll make defenses harder uh, for the other team, and it'll help my teammates out also. So hopefully, you know, I'll step up and do it. Well, I will. <laughs> you will. You I will. will. And, and we'll all be watching. Good luck this season. Thank you. Thanks so much. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for the Hokies. And joining me right now is a baller for the Hokies, the Lady Hokies. It's Georgia Amor. What's going on, Georgia? 
Not a whole lot. Just ready for the season to start. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, take me through a little bit of your off season. Like I talked to Liz about how she got to visit you in Australia. Yeah, Liz and Kayla both came down to Australia. It was great because it was kind of like a, a payback sort of thing, and not in a bad way. I mean, they took me into the families when I was stuck over here during COVID, and I got to get to know the town of Greensboro very nicely, <laughs> Summerfield to be exact. Um, so it was really great that they came back and got to experience the great historical town of Ballarat with me. Did you give them the full experience, like take them out on tours, give them food from your homeland? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we, we actually went to a few like local footy games and AFL games, but we actually spent a week up in um, Palm Cove, which is Cairns up north. We went on the Great Barrier Reef, we scuba dived and did all of that great stuff, and I took them to a crocodile farm, so <laughs> I, I made sure that they got to see the, the animals that everyone always brings up and is petrified of, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, my mom and my dad cooked for them, and I think they indulged in a lot of great Australian chocolate. <laughs> well, that's awesome, and and you guys play so well as a team together. A trip like that, it's got to make you, when you came home, did you notice better chemistry on the court? Yes and no, because we're at the point now where we're sisters, yeah. so we will, like, just getting to the point where maybe we were like exhausted and I'm driving and it's just complete silence and it's just <laughs> like we just we just need a break from each other in the best way. Yeah. So obviously we know each other so well that we know when, you know, we're just comfortable around each other. Um, but I mean on on court, like our our chemistry couldn't be better. Obviously, you know, Kayla is I I take her word as Bible. Sometimes she comes up to me and and says some things to me and I act like I knew it. <laughs> But she's actually the one that told me, or, you know, Liz does the same thing. I think we just want each other to be so good um, that, you know, we're, we're willing to speak up when it's needed. Point guard for the Lady Hokies, Georgia Amor, with me live from Radio Row. And I read a great article about you this morning from a couple months ago uh, after the Final Four, and it talked about how you stepped onto the court as a five-year-old in flip-flops. Yep. How did your childhood shape the basketball player you are today? <laughs> Um, I think growing up as a kid, and I, I always speak about her because I love her dearly, my cousin Keely Frawley. She's actually playing for Santa Clara right now. Um, but she's always just been like an instrumental person in my life. <laughs> she gave me a hard time, as in, you know, she was so competitive. Um, and she kind of bred that in me. We would be at the beach and shooting outside, and she would always bully me in the best way. I'm glad that she <laughs> did it. Um, but, you know, just growing up, I, I was, you know, not, <laughs> not like, uh, baby that's for sure <laughs> like my cousins and all of that did a good job at shaping me to be you know level-headed and and humble well you've had so much success in america here for the Hokies, and you're such a great scorer but you're also the point guard and so i, I wonder like how do you determine hey i gotta get everyone else involved but also i gotta find and create my own shot yeah i think there's just flows in the game maybe where maybe I'm getting too much attention and that's the perfect time to pass. Um, or maybe there's a time in a game where we desperately need to score so I'm going to be able to take mine. It's just about, I guess, reading it and it's not something that I intentionally really think about. It's more of how I feel in the flow. Because um, obviously there's moments where maybe I should have passed it or maybe there's moments where I should have shot it. But I think, you know, I watch a lot of film and that's where I go back and, and look at, you know, not just that play but the context and everything leading up to it so I can get a better understanding of, like, how things play out. Seems like you're like a basketball junkie. Do you like enjoy <laughs> watching film? Yeah, I love watching film. Um, Sitting down with Coach Brooks? Yeah, that's that's the best when we sit down. We have film breakdown, and he, he points out my individual clips. But even like post-game, like Liz and I live together, so we'll go back and we'll watch the whole game right after we played it. Um, 
which can be good or bad depending on how the game went. Um, fortunately for us last year, it was a lot of good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we definitely watch a lot of basketball. Not only for us, but we watch so many other teams. Um, we can learn from other teams. Obviously, there's always games going on, but we talk about the matchups we have later on this year. Like I, We watched a lot of Iowa last year just because they were great. We watched a, a lot of Ohio State, a lot of LSU, a lot of those big-time games and names. Um, so we, we just are always watching basketball. I'm so jealous of how much speed you have on the court. <laughs> I mean, you just zip around everywhere. It's got to be such a big advantage. Yeah, it definitely is. I, I'm obviously short, um, <laughs> and I think it, it, I always knew I had an advantage speed-wise, but I think you know the biggest realization was you know, when people start pressing and I can just run through it. <laughs> I think it definitely helps a lot, um, the speed, especially when my size is the way it is. How much confidence has Coach Brooks instilled in you to just have the green light and just go out there and light it up from behind the arc? Yeah, he's been massive because when I came in, I was not a shooter. I was actually preferred to not shoot <laughs> realistically, and I, I must admit my shot mechanics were broken. Um, I come here, he's completely transformed my shot, and along with that, he's given me confidence and I think, you know, in my freshman year, he was like, we're going to make adjustments to your shot. Like, do you want to or do you not want to? And I was like, no, I want to. And he was pretty much like, well, it's going to have to be an everyday thing. And once we once we get to where it needs to be, it'll be great. Um, and, yeah, I, I just trusted him and everything he said, and it's obviously helped me immensely. And basketball's changed so much now with the step-back three-point shot, and you've made that a big part of your game. Yeah, it's definitely effective. Obviously, again, my <laughs> size and my speed. Um, and towards the end of the season, too, people started putting their longer defenders on me, which means that I, I need to get a decent amount of separation off um, to get my shot off and to not get my stuff sent back in my face. Georgia Amor with me here live from Radio Row, the most outstanding player of the Seattle Regional in 2023, MVP of the ACC Women's Basketball Tournament, first team All-ACC. I mean, so many accolades. I could go on and on and on go, dating back to 2021, but what is your goal for this season? Just to honestly keep getting better and being better um can never be too complacent and obviously we had a great year last year but it, this year is completely different um completely different in the terms of we have new players um and the acc in general just gain more talent um and we can never be too confident going into games and and lose sight of like our main focus and that is really just to win every possession um so you, we can break it down as little as we want but i think you know it really is just game by game you're so much fun to talk to. I had a great conversation with Liz Kitley. I did my wardrobe change in the middle of the interview. <laughs> so what do you think of this shirt here? It's wonderful. I love it. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it, describe this to the audience a little bit. Just a whole bunch of me. <laughs> <laughs> how many How many of these shirts do you own? I own one. Okay. I did buy and one. And Liz, Liz has got one too. Do all yes. the teammates have one? They do not. They do not. <laughs> it's up to them. Look, they can earn my trust however they want. <laughs> you know? I mean, how would you feel if you walked into practice and they were all wearing this shirt? Honestly, probably horrible. <laughs> I would be so embarrassed. <laughs> oh, man. Well, good luck this season and uh, keep kicking butt on the court. Thank you very much. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back to AWOD Radio, broadcasting live from Radio Row, here for the 2023 ACC tip-off. And today... We're covering the women in the ACC, and joining me right now, Lady Hokie, Kayla King. What's going on, Kayla? I can't complain. I mean, the season's coming up, and we're excited. Yeah, and the team had so much success last year. How do you guys want to build off of that? Um, I think we just want to keep it going. This is a program that we've worked on building. Coach Brooks has put a lot of time and effort in, and 
I think it's starting to pay off, and we don't want to stop. We just want to keep going. Yeah, I mean, how cool is it to see how this program has grown within the fan base over the last yeah. few years? I mean, I think it's crazy to see how it's grown. I mean, I would say there was definitely more people at our watch party than when I was had my first home game as a Hokie. And then to see we had two games, the first two of the NCAA tournament where we sold out, that was definitely a like crazy experience. Like, yeah, we've seen the men's team sell out games, um, but we've not really been close to a sellout. And to see that we sold out our last two home games was crazy. Um, I think that our fans are excited for this next home game on November 6th, and I think they're all sold out. Now, what I always find interesting in college basketball is every team, you know, they want to have success. They want to make this NCAA tournament. And then you're there, you're like, I want to make it Sweet 16. Then Elite yeah. 8, and you made it to the Final Four. But unfortunately for every team except for one, it ends in yeah. a loss. I mean, how do you kind of take that and say, hey, we had such a great year, even though it ended on a down note? I think our team did really good at that. There was a lot of emotions after the game, um, partly because we had a lot of seniors leaving and grads leaving. And we, I feel like a lot of us were playing that season for them, knowing it was their last. And a lot of us just put a lot of effort, our bodies on the line. And when you lose your last game, of course, like you're all upset. But when we looked at each other, we understood uh, we made history for Virginia Tech. We won our first ACC championship. We made it to the Final Four, first in program history. We were the first one seed. So we had a lot to look back on. A lot of records were broken with last year's team. And I think that as time goes by, we're, like, realizing more and more that what we did was a really big accomplishment. Yeah, a, a lot of bonding last yeah. year. So how is your role going to change this year? Um, I think I've always been, as Coach Brooks says, like a security blanket for him, and I think that will still be true to the case this year. Um, but, of course, with losing a couple scoring, hopefully um, I can pick up a little bit of that and just be a bigger presence. Um, yeah, I think, of course, just all – I'm still going to do all the little things, just try and be a little bit more of a presence offensively and defensively. Joined by Kayla King live from Radio Row here for the 2023 ACC tip-off. And you own the program record for three-point field goals in a game yeah. with nine. Yeah. How much do you work on your three-point shooting? Is this like three times a day? I mean, how often do you work on it? Um, It's definitely every day, not like three times a day. I think I'm definitely a rhythm shooter. Um, so I like to just get up a lot of some set, set shots just to keep my rhythm in check. Um, but this off season, I was working on a lot of different ways, getting my shot, different footworks. Um, people are going to be really out on me this year, so trying to get it all faster, a little bit of a deeper range and some off-the-dribble stuff. But, yeah, I know it's definitely, it's definitely a work in progress and still fine-tuning things. There's always stuff I can improve on. So what type of three-point drills do you work on? Because I remember in high school I hated the one where they had the giant net so you had to shoot it with a bunch of arc? <laughs> no, I, I, we have great staff and managers, and there's always somebody to rebound for us. Yeah. So I definitely prefer that. Even if they aren't there, then me and Liz or me and Georgia or someone will go shoot with each other. Um, surprisingly, I'd, I've probably shot on the gun maybe three times in my college career. I mm. definitely – I feel like that doesn't really benefit me, and I don't want to, like, waste time. So I'd rather shoot with a coach or a manager or – no, we have great staff that is always there for us, so that's how I get my shots up. And you're playing with the two-time ACC Player yeah. of the Year and Liz Kitley, and, and I wonder, like, what is the, you know, style and the approach to, hey, when you get the ball down low to her, they're going to focus on her. I've got to relocate. Mm -hmm. I've got to get my feet set and, and be ready to shoot. 
No, that's something Coach Brooks has harped on me on, just always being ready. Um, even with Georgia attacking, she is very good at finding us, and even if it's in transition or attacking the paint, um, we have to be there ready for her because sometimes she's not even looking and you get the ball. Um, I've been caught mesmerized by her moves, but I just have to like <laughs> realize that I might be getting the ball, especially with Liz, too. If she gets doubled and triple teamed, she's really good at kicking it out. Um, so those are just missed opportunities if I'm not ready and our teams need needs those shots. The three-point shot has become so big in college basketball. Yeah. A lot of teams live by the three, die by the three. How do you handle a situation where you might be 0-5, but you know if your team's going to get back into it, you've got to have the confidence to keep shooting? No, um, that's definitely true. I've definitely had some slums over the years, um, but my teammates and my coach having the ultimate confidence in me is something that – helps me keep shooting. Um, I know if I stop shooting, that's hurting the team. So it's kind of unselfishly being selfish, um, knowing if I'm not shooting, then they can sag in on Liz or pay attention to Georgia. So just knowing that my shot helps other people, you have to like keep going even if you are over five because shoot four more, you can be four for four, and that's, that's, a good, that's a good shooting day. What has been the theme of, you know, conversations with Coach Brooks and the entire team and practice this uh, preseason here, you know, knowing there's so much expectations to build off of last year. I think he's just harped on us just doing the little things, being nitty-gritty. Um, that's something that's made Virginia Tech, Virginia Tech basketball. We're very team-oriented, and we're not one-on-one. We're not in the passing lanes. It's very pack-line defense, very knowing his plays, running them smooth and clean and tempo. Um, so I think him just trying to get the point across to the newcomers that everything matters, everything he does has a purpose. Um, being, he, It's big on being clean because that's how our plays are run. And if little things are messed up, that throws off the rhythm. And so that's just a big thing, yeah, focusing on the little things. Kayla, outside of basketball, what are some of your favorite things to do in Blacksburg? Um, I think since Blacksburg is such a college town, it's nice to just go – it's kind of like a nature, like we've gone on some hikes, we've gone, there's a couple of lakes around, but really it makes you enjoy like your teammates, I think. Um, we're with each other a lot, we're, whether it be going to the movies, going out to dinner, or just hanging out at each other's apartments. I think the close-knit town has made our team close-knit itself, and you don't honestly have much to do, but that lets you enjoy each other. What is your team goal for this season? Um, it'd be easy to say that it's to get back to where we were last year, but of course there was only one of four teams playing, so that's an extremely hard thing to do. Um, I think one thing that we do think is in eyesight is the ACC championship, and then from there anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, good luck this season. Thanks so much for joining the show. Thank you. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM.